that we are dealing with as a body. And so I feel like right now we just need to take a few minutes to pray. Is that okay that we do that? All right, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we just thank you, Lord. What an honor and a privilege it is, Father, first of all, to be in your house this morning, to be in a place where we can come together as a body and worship you and praise you and speak of your goodness and your glory. Father, we just thank you for that. We thank you, Father, for the gift that it is to live in this nation despite what we see all around us right now going on, Father. It is still a great blessing to live in the United States of America. And so, Father, we lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ that are in other areas of the world where they are being oppressed because of what they believe. And we pray, Father God, that you would give them boldness and courage in this day and time to stand fast in who you have called them to be. Father, I thank you, Lord, that they are rooted and grounded. Father, that you give them courage and you give them strength to stand for you, Father. And Lord, right now, your word says to pray for our enemies. (laughs) And sometimes that's hard to do. But Lord, we know the entrance of your word brings light into any dark place. And so, Lord, where your word is, Father, your light is also. And, Father, we speak light into Afghanistan. We speak light into the Taliban. Father, they don't know you, but I pray, Father, that the, as your word gives entrance to, the, to your light, Father God, that there will be some of those that come to know you, Father. And so, Lord, I thank you that you are turning hearts all over the world. That people are coming into a deeper knowledge of who Jesus Christ is as their Lord and Savior. And that they are standing up in one accord and in boldness. And we are standing fast together for the days ahead. So, Father, we thank you this morning for your word. That your word goes forth. And that it produces a fruit in this place. Open the eyes of our understanding. Strengthen us, Lord God. And help us just, Father God, to walk this light for you. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Okay, all right. Amen and amen. All right, we're going to go straight to the Word because you all know I'm a Word girl. I love it. Acts chapter 17, verse 28 is where we're going this morning for a little while. We've been talking about identity, and Pastor Greg has done an amazing job, and Pastor Paul, and I'm talking about identity, and the word identity, we said, means identical to, to make ourselves identical to something else. And we have a choice of what we want to make ourselves identical to, yes? And, you know, as Stephen was singing, and and I love that song, that last song that he, he sang, you know, we have been changed And it was a miracle that took place inside of us when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. There was a miracle that took place in our spirits. And our hearts live on for eternity. And he showed me something in Acts 17 yesterday because I'd kind of been a little unsettled on where I was going to go with things. And he showed me something um, in this particular passage. It says, for in him, everybody say in him, we live and move and have our being. And if you keep going, it says, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So I want to focus on the first part of that for just a minute. And I want my three little volunteers that I asked to come and help me this morning. Come on up. Come on, Gracie, Nola, and Alex. I'm going to pick on them this morning. Yay! Everybody give them a hand. Woohoo! Okay, y'all come up here. Y'all come up here. Because I want everybody to see how cute y'all are. 
Except Alex. No, I'm teasing. I can pick on Alex because he's like one of mine. It's okay, right, Devin? It's okay if I pick on Alex. Okay, I need y'all, you, Alex, come right here. Yes, spread out just a little bit. I know, we got the same cup. We didn't plan this either, and I did not pick them based on what they were wearing. All right, so y'all know, hold that for me, Nola, that we are a spirit, right? And our spirit has been born again because of Jesus Christ. When we ask him to come and live in our hearts and we confess him as our Lord and Savior, our spirit man became one with him. Greg did such a great job with this. And basically it's like Kool-Aid all mixed up, right? How many of you were here when Greg did the Kool-Aid? Okay, some of y'all drank the Kool-Aid and I heard it wasn't so good. And then we have our soul, which is going to be our mind, our will, and our emotions. I kind of like to describe the soul as being our personality. Kind of like our personality. It's, it's our choice maker. The soul is the part that's going to make choices. It's my mind. It's my will. And it's my emotions. And Alex already knows who he's going to be. Stinky boy body. Yes. Because boys are stinky. Okay. And our body, we know is always at war with our spirit, yes? Our flesh is constantly fighting our spirit. And here's the thing. Our spirit is really who we are. Our spirit is our identity in him because our spirit is what's mixed up with him like peanut butter and jelly and Kool-Aid, right? And so as Greg was standing all in offering, he was getting all over the place, he was getting all on my toes, in offering, everything that Christ is, we are in our spirit, man. Yes, that is the part that is saved, set free, and born again. Now, our flesh over here, <laughs> stinky, stinky body, stinky boy body, doesn't, doesn't want to do right. And, and it's not saved and never will be until, sorry, Alex, I'm praying for you, until, until, and those of you that came on Wednesday nights um, to Disciple Walk when we were doing end times, until the rapture, and then we get a new glorified body, which mine is going to have really long legs, Really, really long legs. Like, my legs are going to come up to where my head is now. So, yes. So, the body is always at war with the spirit. We know this, okay? These are things we've been taught, that we are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. And so, what God was showing me last night in the scripture, he was saying that in him we live. In him we live. In Christ, my spirit is made alive. And in him we move. Even though our stinky boy body doesn't want to move in him, it can move in him. It can. Yes. So in him we live. And in him we move. And this is what he showed me. And in him we have our being. And in the Passion Translation, the, it says, it says, and in him we have our identity. So what, what that said to me last night as I was going through this, and, I, and I, I have taught this many times, but it was just a new perspective on it, was that the soul, again, is our choice maker. And the soul is going to decide for every person on planet Earth which side they are going to listen to. Is the soul going to find the identity 
of itself in the body and in the flesh and of this world? Or is the soul going to find the identity of who they are in the spirit and in him? And And in this world, believers all over this world are in what we call identity crisis. It's not just non-believers. And that should not be the case, guys. Unbelievers should not be in a place where they don't understand who they are. But I've been there. (laughs) And everybody in this room has been there at some point, if we're honest. We didn't understand, really, who we were in him. And the reason we didn't understand that was because we were making the wrong decisions where our soul was concerned. So I want to show you guys in the spirit for just a moment what an identity crisis looks like, okay, in the spirit. All right, Melissa, I've got a video. Y'all stay there. i got a video. Melissa, you can go ahead and play it. It's a very quick one. So if you blank, you're going to miss it. Yeah, uh, stinky boy body squat. How many in this room are old enough you remember that commercial? (laughs) There were a series of commercials in the 80s and 90s that they did many different versions of that. Okay? And notice that they showed us two kinds of spaghetti sauce. Melissa, can you put that back up there for me? She's going to put the picture. Okay. So on the left, we have Prego. And on the right, we have ragu. And I thought it was funny. I looked at this again, that ragu says it's the old world style. Okay, so I'm going to show you what it looks like in the spirit when we are in an identity crisis. We look like ragu. Okay? We all thin. We're all runny. The enemy, okay, do y'all know the enemy wants to sift us like wheat? That is his goal in life, (laughs) is to sift the body of Christ like wheat, like that little slotted spoon up there, okay? (laughs) And so when we take our soul and make choices that identify with our flesh, such as, oh, I know Jesus, He's my Lord, but I like to smoke a little weed once in a while. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I did. I went right there. Like, right there. Like, I know Jesus. He's my Lord. But I think he'd be okay if I had sex with my boyfriend before marriage. I know Jesus. He's my Lord. But I don't know. I think it'd be okay if I gossiped and talked about that group over there. I'm trying to get into the teenager business. <laughs> I know Jesus, but I need that 10% really badly. I mean, I know God will understand. I know he'll understand if I keep that 10%. I mean, I know it's in his word and he commanded me to do it, but I know he'll understand. We end up looking like... Ragu. That's what the world looks like, guys. That's what the world is doing. The world is identifying themselves contrary to what God is telling us to do. And if we don't get 
this little soul right here in line, then we're going to get sifted just like that ragu did with that little slotted spoon. Play that, Melissa. It just ran right. Look at that. It just ran. Stop it right there. It just ran right through it. And the enemy is just running right over believers left and right. Why? Because we are not making a conscious choice. Sorry, I'm, I'm moving around. A conscious choice to follow what we know. And, and, and y'all think about all the things I just mentioned affect the exterior. They affect the part of our body or the part of who we are that everybody sees, the part that will never be saved, the part that is not engrafted in him. But we continually make choices to follow that. I mean, even the Apostle Paul talked about it, that he would, he'd try really hard sometimes, but he understood, he'd get tossed back and forth. But then he goes on to say, but I know that in him, in him, in him, I can look like Prego. (laughs) I can withstand the test and trials. I can withstand the sifting of the enemy. I can withstand anything he throws at me because I'm making a choice with my soul to follow what has already been placed inside of my body. Now, we have how many parts again? Three. Okay, right now, these two, I've got one, two, and then this little one over here. Okay, according to statistics, stinky, stinky body boy. Stinky body boy. Those two... When your soul makes that active decision, you know what? I don't care what my flesh is screaming right now. I don't care how bad I want to smoke that blunt. (laughs) I don't care how bad I want that big piece of chocolate pie. I don't care how bad I know what God has told me to do. And when your soul makes that conscious decision to follow what Christ has put inside of you, then stinky boy body, two against one, stinky boy body has to fall in line. Stinky boy body has to fall in line because two against one, it's done. It's over. Okay, y'all did a great job. Yay. Stinky boy body. <clears throat> yeah, he's, he's got the fragrance of Jesus on him now, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, keep that up there for a minute, Melissa. So I don't want... I don't, I don't, I'm tired. I, I said this last Sunday. I'm tired of hearing about friends and believers going before their time. I'm tired of seeing people hurt and sifted. And some of it is just circumstantial and, and it's unexplainable. There are things that you just can't explain. But some of it is because our soul is so easily swayed. Our will and our emotions are so easily swayed from one side to the other. And especially, ladies, we're emotional creatures, yes. (laughs) And if we don't watch ourselves, we inadvertently, we don't mean to side with stinky boy body, but we do. 
And so the key is to make sure that we are constantly doing, as James 1.21 says, and it says, receive with meekness. You don't have to put it up there. You can. I didn't give it to him. Receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. Greg talked about that last week, I think, and the week before. Engrafting ourselves. That word has already been engrafted into the spirit. It's already there. And so what God is saying is I need you to receive what is already there. Take what's already in you, in the spirit. Take your mind, take your will, take your emotions and receive what I've done. And so to do that, we have got to to just meditate on his word. We've got to make sure that in those times where we are feeling like we need to go over to the stinky boy body side, (laughs) that we've got to get into the Word of God, and we've got to remind ourselves what He says about us. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take some time, and I want to remind each of us what He is saying about us today and what He's been saying about us since the beginning of time because that Word has, has been around since the beginning of time. That word is alive, and that word is powerful, and it is unchanging. It is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. And so what the word says is not going to change. Our world is changing constantly. Right at this moment, I can promise, if we were to pull up the news, something happened in the last 15 minutes since I was talking. Multiple things probably happened. Yes? And so things are constantly changing in the world around us. But the key is... As believers that have to stand in this day and time, we can't be changed. We have to find our place in him so that we live and we move and we have our being. Amen? All right, so let's go to... Where do I want to go first, Melissa? Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians 1.9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. And did I give you all the passion on that? That's okay. Okay, so we all know, y'all have heard this one probably several times over the last few weeks, that God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I'm going to read you guys the passion because I love what it says. It says, God is forever faithful and can be trusted to do this in you. Okay, what is it you're needing him to do in you? Stephen was given his testimony that there was something he had to let go of, that he had to give up. There may be something in each of our lives that we've got to let go of so that we can allow God to do the work that he needs to do in us. For he has invited you, now this is what I love, this is the passion, to co-share the life of his son, Jesus, the anointed one, our king. Guys, when God looks at us, he's seeing Jesus. He's invited us to co-share in this life. And so, as we've said over and over again, all of the things that Jesus did and has done, we carry inside of us. That is such a privilege. You think about what a privilege that is, that we get to carry the Savior, His anointing, that we get to carry the creator of the universe on the inside of us, in my body. It's in there. Kind of like our little video we watched. It's in there. All of the things that we need, 
It's in there. Why was, why was Prego better than Ragu? Because it was thicker and it was chunkier and it could withstand because it had all the stuff, all the ingredients. It's in there. Every bit of it. Everybody say it's in there. It's in there. All right, let's go to Romans 8. Romans 8, 35. So the very first thing you need to understand is that you are loved. You are loved. And you are loved because God is love. So in Romans 8, 35, it says, Can anything... Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? (laughs) There we go. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Um, Hello. How many of us have gone through a rough patch or a little hard time and you start to question whether or not God really loves you? (laughs) Or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death, as some of our brothers and sisters in Christ are now dealing with at this very moment. So, even when we're going through a rough time, do we question the love of God? So, verse 37 gives us the answer. No, despite all these things overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. So no, don't doubt. No, it's in there. The love has already been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. So that love is in there. Sometimes I question, you know, sometimes I don't question God's love. Sometimes I question my love. (laughs) Sometimes I question, can I love, can I love that person even though they are living like hell right now, or even that. I'm not talking about you, honey. Even though, <laughs> even though they have treated me really poorly and unkindly, even though I have seen them commit atrocious acts, can I love that person? Well, Galatians. I'm going to read that real quickly, and you can put it up there, Melissa, if you want to. But you guys know Galatians 5.22 lists the fruits of the Spirit, okay? And what I noticed about the Scripture is that the way it is read, it says, and I don't know if she's got it. There we go. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. You can stop right there, Melissa. You don't have to keep going. What I noticed, because I'm a teacher, and I notice grammar sometimes, even though I don't speak proper grammar. I don't teach English, thank God. But I do notice it. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is. It doesn't say the fruit of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit are. It doesn't say that. Now, proper English would be the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace. Yes? Y'all remember that? That would be proper English. I know we are in Minden, Louisiana, and we speak Southernese, okay? We don't speak proper English. But that would be the correct, okay, way of doing that. But it doesn't say that. And I think it's on purpose because it says the fruit of the Spirit is love. Well, if the fruit of the Spirit is love, first of all, it's in you. It's in there, right? It's in there. It's in there. But also, all that stuff after it, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, gentleness, faith, faithfulness, all of those things are what love is. So when you question, can I show kindness to Uncle Billy Bob, that was so ugly to me, talked 
trash about my kids because you mamas, you know, when our kids start getting involved, oh, Lord, have mercy. The claws come out and we get fiery. (laughs) Yes, mama bear. So can I love them? It's in there. Okay, it's in you. And so you've got that kindness. You've got that patience. You've got that goodness. You've got that gentleness. You've got self-control. Oh, I just can't control myself. Yes, you can. It's part of the fruits of the Spirit. When you say you can't self-control, you can't control yourself, and I'm guilty of it with food. Lord, have mercy. Okay, and so when I say I can't, I have no self-control, I am siding with stinky boy body. That's what I'm doing. I am saying that I cannot do it and I'm siding with him instead of what I know my spirit man says, which says, guess what? I'm in you. It's in there. And part of the fruits of the spirit are self-control. You can do it. All right. Number two, you are his treasure. Let's go to first Peter two, nine, his treasure. Treasure is precious. Treasure is valuable. In fact, in the word it says, where your treasure is, that is also where what is? Your heart. And so in 1 Peter 2, nine, it says, but you are a chosen generation. Now the passion says chosen treasure. Okay, you are a chosen treasure, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So why did he claim you? So that you could tell everyone about how good he is and what he did in your life. Guys, we can know all day long what our identity is. But if nobody else sees our identity... Is it doing anything? I can know all day long my identity in Christ, but if I'm siding with stinky boy body, what people are seeing is worldly. What people are seeing is just runny ragu. (laughs) That's what they're seeing. Runny ragu. And the purpose of us being here at this day, at this time, in this moment of history... We are in a moment of history, guys. We are one day closer today to the return of our Lord than we were yesterday. And the reason we are here is to do what that says, proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his light. Now, look at verse 10. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. There was a time you didn't know him, and there's many that still don't. Who had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. The mercy of God is in there. You are valuable. You are chosen. You are a royal priesthood. A chosen generation. And when you start to doubt and want to side with stinky boy body, you have got to say to yourself, it is in there. Everybody say, it is in there. It's in there. It's in there. He's in there. All right, he appointed us. I'm going to read this. John 15, 6 said, You didn't choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you. Um, when y'all had, I don't know if they still do this in PE. Do they pick teams? Probably not. Y'all don't do PE like we did PE. Okay, us old people, we know how we did PE. So they would have, yeah, we, they do. It's just different, Steve. We'll have a conversation about that later. It's different. <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about that later. So I 
remember when we would take PE class and we played basketball. And they would have like two teams and they get a team captain. Do y'all remember that? Does anybody? Okay. I was usually picked last for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm short. Yeah, short legs. Glorified body, long legs. Okay, right now, short legs, glorified body, long legs. All right, so I was usually picked pick last for that reason and because I am extremely uncoordinated. In case you didn't know this already, you've seen my following video. So you guys know. <laughs> We've all seen it. Oh, no. Um, so anyway, thank you, Becky Wilson. Uh, <laughs> but I would get picked last, okay, I, I was always chosen last. And I just remember the feeling of defeat. And like, man, I just, I stink. I'm not any good. I'm nobody. And in junior high, that means a lot. When you're picked last every single time, then you start to see yourself as last in a lot of things every single time. And so those little things like being appointed to a team make a difference to you when you're 11 and 12 years old. And they start to form these thoughts in your head that if your mind, your will, and your emotions latch on to, then as I said, you start equating that to lots of areas of your life. And so what the Word says is that, you know what? I chose you. God says, I chose you. And I appointed you. And I didn't pick you last. I picked you first. And you're on my team. You are royal. And so in my eyes, you are special and you are valuable. Everybody say, it's in there. It's in there. It's in there. It's in there. All right, um, next one. You are redeemed, forgiven, and accepted. Redeemed. Forgiven and accepted. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, Melissa. I'm throwing a lot of word at y'all, but it's important. This is how, this is how we get ourselves into a position where not only are we confident in who we are in Christ, but we're so confident in who we are we can show other people. All right, so Ephesians 1, 7 says, I don't know if that's the one I wanted. Uh-oh, that may not be the right one. Is that Ephesians 1, 7? Yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm sorry. I'm looking at a different version. You're good. All right, so since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood. Redemption by his blood. The total cancellation of our sins. Oh, that's the passion, isn't it? That's okay. That's okay. All because of the cascading riches of his grace. Now, in New King James, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And then in verse 8, it says, Which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and understanding, having made known to us the mystery of his will. I just don't know the will for my life. Guess what? It's in there. It's in there. It's in there. His will for your life has already been placed inside of your spirit man. And if we don't have an understanding that I know his will, I know his voice, 
Only his voice I'm going to follow. That's something I love to speak over myself, and I pray it over my kids, whether they know it or not, that they know the voice of God, and no other voice are they going to follow in their life. And so I have to trust that because his will, it says his will, it's, it's in there. I have to trust that I know that will and that when I take a step, I'm taking a step in the will of God. If I take a step out, guess what? He'll tell me. It's okay. We make mistakes. And then it says, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, it was his good pleasure to do this for us. It was his good pleasure to go to the cross for us. It was his good pleasure to redeem us. Now, to redeem means to set free from captivity by the payment of ransom. We were held for a ransom by the enemy. And the only payment that was going to work, it wasn't a million dollars cash. The only payment that was going to work, that was going to set us free from that captivity, was the blood of Christ. And so he did that. He took that, and then he placed his redemptive power inside of us. It's in there. He placed his forgiveness inside of us. And so now that same spirit dwells in us, the spirit of life, not the spirit of death, the zoe, life of God, zoe in the Greek, means life of God. That's why we named Zoe, 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 life of God. His grace or his ability dwells in us. So when I think things get hard and I think I can't do it anymore, and I'm not going to lie to y'all, this last week, oh, first week of school, there is no tired for a teacher like first week of school tired. Um, especially elementary teachers, I feel for you. I don't know what it is, but it is like a ton of bricks get dropped on you out of the sky. You don't know why it's that way, but that's just the way it feels. And you think, I can't do one more thing. There's not one more thing that I can fit into my brain. And Jesus reminds us, it's in there. It's in there. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? Because his ability, it's in there. Amen? All right, I love this one. It says, the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. Some of y'all are living in shame and guilt and condemnation. It's not from God. None of that is from God. And so we're free from condemnation. We're free from guilt because he lives in us. The accuser of the brethren, every time the enemy tries to bring our name up to Jesus, Jesus is constantly making, says Jesus is seated at the right hand of God and he is making intercession for us. And so the enemy is coming before him and he's saying, oh, look, angel messed up. And Jesus is saying, oh, look, her name's in there. And he's saying, oh, look, Jessica, she had a bad day. He says, oh, her name's in there. Our names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. And the accuser can no longer bring our names before God. The accuser can no longer accuse us of falsehood because all of the falsehood, all of the sin, all of the weight, all the worry was placed on Christ. Amen? All right, last one and most important one. Number four, you are his child. Guys, that's our first calling. And for some reason, I think that's the one that we forget about the most. (laughs) I'm his kid. Like, 
And there's not this choice of me moving out of the house and never talking to him again. I mean, I guess I could make that choice. I could walk away from God. I could tell my soul could say, okay, I'm done, and walk away and pair with stinky boy body for the rest of my life <laughs> and live in misery. If you've ever been backslid, you know what I'm saying. Because we've all, we've, most of us in this room have been in a place where after we were born again, we got away from God, and it was like this knot in my stomach that never went away. I felt like I needed to throw up all of the time. All of the time. And that was called conviction. <laughs> God doesn't condemn us, but the Holy Spirit does convict us. And, and he was drawing me back. He was drawing me closer to him. And so 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold. I'm going to wait on her to put it up. Do you all have that one? There we go. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world doesn't know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now. Everybody say, now. We are the children of God. It's in there. It's in there. You have been adopted into the family of God. There's no other family that I'd rather be a part of. I mean, we were in worship earlier, and I think that's part of why I was emotional too. I really thought about how much I love y'all. And like, I'm serious. How much I love this church, how much I love being a part of this family. It's, it's in there. <laughs> I, I mean, we're really... I mean, church is all over coming together today. And we are all part of the same family. And guess what? The First Baptist folks, they're part of the same family. They are. Methodists, part of the same family. Pentecostals, part of the same family. We've got this, part of the same family. We've got this huge family all over the world that when we all get to heaven and we're, you know, worshiping before our Lord together, we're going to realize, man, there were a whole lot more of us than what we even thought. And there's probably going to be some people that we go, oh, they made it? Yay. <laughs> and we, might we might nudge each other and go, look who's here. Yes, Stephen made it. Yes. 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 Finally, Stephen made it. <laughs> uh, so we're made. It's in there. We're made in his image, in his likeness. We're his kids. We are his workmanship in Christ Jesus. It doesn't just say we're his workmanship. That's Ephesians 2.10, by the way. One of my favorites. It says we're his work, workmanship in Christ Jesus. God did not intend for us to live with stinky boy body. Okay? He intended us to live in Christ Jesus. Because he knew that living in Christ Jesus was where the victory is. He knew for us to withstand the sifting of the enemy that we were going to be aware of all the ingredients that he had placed on the inside of us. Because if you don't know what's in you, then you will not walk what's in you and you will not live in what's in you, you will not move in what's in you, and you will not have your being based on what's in you. You will do all of those things based on what's around you and what everybody else is doing and what's popular and what's politically correct <laughs> at that time. 
And so us knowing who we are and renewing ourselves to who we are is crucial. I mean, God needs us right now, guys. And for us to say, oh, God doesn't need me. (laughs) Who in the, who, Jesus has already come. Somebody has got to do God's work on planet Earth. And one person cannot do it alone. That's why he requires all of us, all of us, to do our part. Because I don't go to work with Lisa. I don't see the people that Lisa sees, that she ministers to. I don't go, I'm not here at the church during the week and have people come in that Jessica and Marvely are able able to minister to. I don't come across their path. And so if we are all doing our part and we are all living in the spirit of who God has made us and fashioned us and created to be, then we can get this thing done. <laughs> and we can get it done big for him. I mean, I'm gonna, I got saved in 1985. Woo, that's a long time ago. Yep, 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 yep. Long time ago. <laughs> Ginger said she was getting married. Um, so I was 12. I was 12 at that time, Ginger. <laughs> I was 12, and I was at a centrifuge church camp, and that is where I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And from that moment, I felt the hand of God on my life heavily. However, I did not have a revelation of the fact that I was a spirit, soul, and body for a very, very, very long time. And I struggled in my identity, and I struggled mainly in comparison, because comparison is one of those things, it is just this subtle liar, because again, comparison deals with your personality. It starts to compare, oh, my personality is not like their personality. I'm not bold like they are. That's just, my personality is not bold. My personality is I would rather just stand in the back, and I still am fine with that. (laughs) Ginger said it before, we're really good sheep. Like, but that's not good enough for God. And so, you know, my personality is not that way. But guess what? Boldness is not a personality. Courage is not a personality. Strength is not a personality. And so I, for a long time, would compare myself to other people, and and I would shy back, and I would think what I had to offer was not good enough, Because for so long, I believed the lies. I didn't believe what God said about me. And I was constantly listening to Stinky Boy Body. And Stinky Boy Body does not want you to do anything for God. Stinky Boy Body wants to stay home and eat pie. (laughs) And hide in a hole. And pull the covers up over your head. And I'm good at that. I'm not going to lie. I'm really good at that. And so for a long time, I just... I, 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 I struggled. I struggled inwardly. It may not have been something you could physically see on the exterior. But God had to literally arrest me. <laughs> and he had to get me to a place to where I understood that my voice was just as valuable as Greg's voice, as Ginger's voice, as Paul's voice, as your voice. And your voice is just as valuable as ours. And as pastors, our job is to equip the saints. And your voice in this world is important because the church has what the world 
needs. It's in there. It's in there, guys. When you start to question, just know it's in there. It's in there. Stephen, come up and play something. So um, I know we're going a little over. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I I wanted to to say this real quick. Your center is always going to determine how you identify. You know, Gracie was the soul. And that soul, man, is always going to uh, try to identify you. And again, we can either identify with what God says or with what the world says. But I'm going to bring this into science for a minute because this is the way the world was created. The atom has a center. And what identifies the atom as being an element is what's in the center called protons. A cell has a center called the nucleus. And the nucleus is identified by what's in it, that DNA. And that DNA determines who we are as humans or animals or plants, whatever it may be. And then the earth has a center called the core. The makeup of the earth has a center. It's what makes the earth the earth. It's what creates a magnetic field. And then our solar system itself has a center called the sun. And then our solar system is part of a galaxy called the Milky Way galaxy, which revolves around this big black hole, which is the center, which is actually, I don't know why I call it black hole. It's actually light. (laughs) kind of weird. And so all of those things, I'm just giving you an example that God created the universe down to an atomic level to identify its identity is based on the center. And if my center, my personality, my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions do not line up, then none of me is going to line up. And I need people to see Jesus. I want people to see Jesus. Let's stand to our feet for a minute. I'm not going to keep y'all. How many of you, and let's close our eyes for a second, and let's just get still. And I want you to be honest, and nobody's looking right now. How many of you have struggled to show Jesus to others? Like you have struggled, you know him, you want to show him, but you have struggled to show who he is to the people around you. I just want you to raise your hand for a minute, and I'm going to pray over you guys. I'm not going to ask you to come down. Lots of hands. Y'all can put them down. The key is the soul. The key is keeping him as your center. And so right now, let's everybody lift our hands. And we're just going to pray. And we're going to ask God to just give us discernment and strength and understanding of his word right now. And so, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We come as your children. We come as your treasure. We come as your chosen. We come as your redeemed, as your righteous, as your set free. And, Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the gifts that you have placed inside of each and every one of us. Father, you didn't have to do it, but you did it because you love us. And, Father, some of us, we've been struggling. We've just been struggling to to walk in the light of who you made us to be.
And so right now, Father, I just ask that you would open the eyes of all all of our understanding. That you would grant unto us grace and wisdom. And Father, that you would give us us the the knowing that when those times come where we might try to sway towards stinky boy body, Father, that you arrest us in our soul. That the Holy Spirit, we know the Holy Spirit's voice and no other voice is this body going to follow. So, Father, I thank you that we have ears to hear in the days ahead. We choose to hear your voice over every area of our life. And, Father, we thank you. What an honor it is today to to have the privilege to live in and to move in and to have our being in you. And, Father, we're going to give you all the praise and all the honor for what you are doing and going to do in each of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. So the last thing before we go. If you have never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, this does not apply to you. (laughs) Not yet. Because that's the first step. Relationship you got to have a relationship with him to know who he is so you can know who you are. If you don't know who he is, you don't know who you are. And so if you don't know him, I'm going to release everybody in just a minute. But I just want you to come see me or Pastor Ginger, Pastor Greg, and we will pray with you. And you're going to walk out of this place knowing that you have a relationship with the Almighty God. That the creator of the universe lives inside of you. And that you can walk in all that he is from this day forward. Amen? All right, last thing we're going to say before we leave out of here today. On the count of three, I want everybody to say, it's in there. Y'all ready? One, two, three. It's in there. It's in there. Y'all can go. Be blessed.